What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Sleepers Podcast, Tuesday, January 9th edition. We clicked record in the first number on my clock right now when we clicked record on Tuesday, January 9th. The morning of is a six, Carter. It's six something, and it's dark out, and we're here. I thought you were gonna come up with like some metaphor about the number six. No, I'm just it, it's six. It's six. yeah, it, uh, it's early. It's early, it, and like six doesn't mess around. Like yeah, I think there's sometimes in the day that kind of skate by, maybe going unnoticed, but like six asserts itself. Six is oh. is not to be messed with. Oh, it means business, especially this time of the year. It's dark. Yeah, it's cold. It's it's early. Yeah, for for lack of a better word, six six is mf'er. That's how I feel right now. Like I'm getting the full six experience, uh, and I, I like six is gonna play its game. I have respect for six. You're never gonna hear me disrespect six again. Uh, with that said, Michigan football just won a national championship. Uh, that's why. That's why we're all thrown off. I was at my parents watching the game last night. Stayed up till 1230-ish, then drove home, called Carter, like, hey, you want to record now or should we go in the morning? Uh, I think for both of our sake, we decided to pull the trigger in the morning. Do you like that decision now that we're here? Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Glad to see we're standing by that. Uh, Are you hanging in there today? We're going to do a recap of the game, and we'll get into your full thoughts. But I know this was not exactly an outcome you were hoping for. Yeah, I mean, there, I don't think there could be a worse start to my 2024, but I guess it can only go up from here. You were really getting into the mud on Twitter last night? Yeah, I just I had a couple of opinions about the college football season as a whole, and I was called a lot of names. My mentions are still on fire, by the way, and my DMs with some very harsh words. What are some of your favorite names you've been called in the last 24 hours? Uh, Carter the Coper part of the crybaby, like any like rendition of using a C word. I think you can also use your imagination on what other C words were used. Uh, I'm not going to say them, but yeah, there's a couple on there. Like you're sad. A couple of nasty ones. I must say though, some really nasty language on here, by the way, everyone just mm-hmm. let's be better. A little vulgar. It's just a little bit vulgar. Do you think that's fair game? To be like vulgar on that mean on the internet, like if if Michigan State won a basketball title, and then like you found some prominent Michigan accounts that were just like doing exactly what you were doing, like do you think it's fair game to respond the way they responded by attacking, and calling names? Uh, I don't personally. Um, but that's just me. I mean, that's me. I would. I would never. But like I like I'm a, I'm a, I'm my actual profile picture, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I had a lot of dogs and you know JJ McCarthy and the free Harbaugh four T-shirts and Oakleys and Golden Retrievers, uh, letting me have it. So, mm. okay, so you're saying like you're there to stand by it when you get in the mud? Maybe there's some people that aren't standing by it. So it's going. I just I just had a simple opinion. I thought this college football season was awful. That's it. All right. I'm glad uh, glad you could express yourself, my friend. We'll get through this. Maybe this will be a therapy session for you today. Maybe not. We'll find out. Uh, you want to start with the YouTube comment of the day? Uh, we will do that. Let me pull that up really quickly here. Hey, we just hit 65 or 6.5K subscribers on YouTube. Hey, let's go. Um, This one comes from Mr. Meister. You guys have been going ham with the uploads all season. Appreciate the hard work with a thumbs up. Thanks, wow. Mister. That was kind. Yeah, I, I needed a kind one mixed in today. That was a really kind one. I wasn't expecting that whatsoever. Um, I also have a negative one that I'm trying to find that I can read. 
So, uh, <laughs> like, I feel if you're going to go positive, like, we got to balance it out with a negative, no? Do you know what it was? Uh, I saw it last night. I'm definitely going to find it real quick before we move on because uh, it was directed directly at me. And I – I like the Indiana Rutgers one? Maybe. 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 When it's, someone said Greg opens his mouth and nonsense just dribbles out? No, I liked that one. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, that one that one was funny. Um, I, there was one that was, like, very pointed. Lazy takes continue, so at least you're consistent, boys? No, it was for me. Like, it oh, had it was, me. it was at you. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I know this isn't a fun listen, but I'm really, like, trying to find it. Oh, now I want to find it. I might have missed it. A lot of people wanted our intro song name yesterday. I don't know what the intro song name is, but it's great. Um, yeah, I I can't find this now. I'm pretty sad about it, Cart. But one of the negatives of having um having what's it called? A lot of comments now. A little, yeah. Well, not a negative. Always a win, but. Too many videos and good comments on each video means I can't find the slanderous ones. Uh, all right. Well, thanks. That was great. Let's move to the Discord. If you want to join the Discord, there's a link in the description of every single video that we do. Got a couple more signups yesterday. Keep chugging along. We read the comments from the Discord every single day. Let's start with the newest member of the Discord card. That's Evan Miyakawa, evanmia.com. He says, can we get your comments on Lance Jones' dance moves? I think this should officially move him to your good side. The video's fire. Uh that whole like that thing is like very Purdue-y. I don't really like that. But the video's fire. I think the dance itself is actually pretty cool. I like you're in on that? Yeah, we saw it in Mackey, and I remember while it was happening in Mackey being like, damn, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, the video's fire though. Yeah, like I feel like if that was you doing that exact thing in that video it would be pinned on all social media accounts. And like, we would see that more than we see JJ McCarthy meditating. That sucks. <laughs> but I'm surprised. You said the video is fire for Lance Jones. That's surprising. I think the video, like the concept of it is fire. The actual action is cringy to me. Okay. Um, but like, you're a big, stuff? you're a big student section, like guy. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm just a big fan. Anything that's organized by fans or the students in a game setting that is unique, I'm in on. Okay. Like, and not I, less like, oh, if, if this guy misses a free throw, he gets chicken tenders. I hate that. But like, actually, I don't even hate that. I don't mind that. I But I like unique get hype things like the Wisconsin jump around. Cool. Mr. Brightside Michigan game. Cool. The Purdue everybody dance thing. That's cool. I like it. Hmm, okay. Interesting. As long as you embrace it, I like it. Clean Cut J Rut says, I'd love to hear your thoughts on ranking the stability of programs in the conference. Last night's Izzo discussion of his general stubbornness and him not wanting to use the portal brought this to mind. I think coaching stability, roster construction, previous and upcoming success slash failure fan base support. Hmm, stability. Um Honestly, right now, I think there's one stable coach job scenario in the Big Ten. Like, I, th I think it's just Purdue. Like, I think Brad could still – I think Underwood could leave for a better job. Holtman, who knows what's going to happen. Izzo, just in general, given his age and the times, like, who knows when he could just be like, I'm sick of this, I want to hang it up. Like, you just go up and down the – well, you know – uh, Willard is even going to survive at Maryland. Heichel, pretty stable, good recruiting class coming in, I would say. I don't see him, like, leaving Rutgers. But is there really that much stability, I guess? Uh, or, or maybe not stability is the word. There's not much uncertainty. Uh, or, no, there is a lot of uncertainty to me outside of, like, Purdue and Painter. Yeah, I think you're right. Um I think I would answer the question just a little bit differently and less coach specific. Like to me, program stability means like a coach could change and your program doesn't necessarily go anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, 
my thoughts on that would be like Purdue is at the top for sure. Not like Purdue's not going to leave anytime soon because of Painter. But if if Painter left, I trust the Painter infrastructure that Purdue would remain intact where it is. Um, I think Wisconsin and Rutgers are up there for me. Like, I mean, Bo Ryan gone. Greg Gard has like had Wisconsin in successful Greg Gard seasons since. Um, Gard, I don't like it, but I think we we should give Gard some flowers sometimes. Like I again, I don't like it, but like what he did with Johnny Davis and now what he's doing with this team is kind of like yeah, he's got some shit. Like he's not yeah. going, he's not going nowhere. Um, I, and then Pykele, just because of Pykele, I think Rutgers is very stable. Like Pike's going to be there, I think, ten more years and be fine. Um, but outside of that, Michigan state's got to be up there. Like whoever they get post is when it happens, I think will be fine. If not very good. Um, obviously you got to see that through, but like, it's still one of the best programs in the country. So I think they'll be fine. And is will probably help the guy out when he gets there. Um, that's the top half. The bottom half would be right now, Michigan, um, Illinois, somewhere in the middle, like I, I do think when Brad leaves, things get volatile for Illinois. I can see that. Yeah, we just some wild swings, like John Gross and, and like Franley's, Franley's Iowa. Like, yeah, if you had asked me this a year ago, Iowa's near the top with stability, and now, now it's dicey. I don't know what post Fran Iowa looks like at all. What a year changes. Where's Indiana? Uh, I think Indiana should be up there in the. Uh, Maybe like not with Michigan State, but near Michigan State, just because it's Indiana. I feel like, like I feel like if a good coach gets that job, it he'll he'll be okay because it's like Indiana. Okay, I think you're right, but I think it's like it's like Michigan State, but bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Um, Matt F says just FYI, Izzo was another coach other than Shrew to not counter Painter. By going out and getting large bigs. He just went out and got a bunch of undersized ones who stink. I mean, you know, really went all in on that. Didn't work, but way to zag when they zig is. Yeah, I don't strategically, Mati Sissoko is not a strategic endeavor that I think I can comment on. Uh, Sully says, who do you think the top three busts are so far this year, whether it's certain players or a team as a whole that were hyped up by their fan base, national media, or simply yourself? Um, I think Big Ten Conference comes to mind. Um, Definitely for sure. More so Maryland, I guess, for me, just because I was very high on Maryland. And they've been absolutely awful this whole season. Um, Let's see who else. Stephen Ashworth, I think, would be up there. Pretty disappointing. And then uh, who would be the third that I'd go for? Personally, I thought Louisville would be a little bit better than they are. They're still the bottom dweller seller. Yeah, it's been bad. Uh, dweller seller? Yeah, what, seller dweller? <laughs> Do you want to comment on you saying ice your driveway instead of salt yeah, your driveway? Yeah, how could you just step in on that one? I didn't notice it. I'll be honest with you. I didn't notice it either. <laughs> You're just so good at it. Uh, I'm also shout out to our compliance department, our director of compliance, Terrence James, who uh, did notice it as he is supposed to. He did his job he, yesterday. He, oh, he never misses a damn thing. <laughs> he did his job yesterday. Uh, my three biggest disappointments: Michigan State's one. Uh, we we had a conversation in the offseason. Which top five team is the most likely to fall? out of the top 25 and you and I, I think both said Michigan state is the least likely one. And uh, a week into the season, they were out of the top 25. So wow. uh, come on. Uh, number two, I'll go Michigan, but only cause it's my heart. Um, number three, I'll go St. Mary's. I think people actually did have a lot of real hope for them and they're just horrible. Like they're, I'm very out on that team. I know they've turned it around a little bit, but I don't see it. I might throw Texas in that mix too. Yeah, we both really like Texas. Um, yeah, and then last honorable mention for bus would just be me. I just want to say, like, I'm I've been all bark, no bite this season. 
And uh, I promise to change that in the second half of the year. Uh, D Rose SAT says, if you were Indiana, would you rather have Tom Crean or Mike Woodson locked in as the coach for the next six seasons? Should be based on actual coaching since NIL should lock in good talent in either scenario. Death, death by fire or death by drowning. I mean, um, I probably go Woodson. I think. Okay. Okay. I think I go Woodson. Read my dog Tom, man. I'm going Tom Crean. Uh, you like Tom Crean in that Maze and Blue last night? I love Tom Crean in that Maze and Blue. It's not a joke, man. It is clearly a joke, but like at the same time. I would run to Ann Arbor right now for Tom Green to be my head coach. Like, um, look, I know he's like a meme now and he has a really funny face and all of that is true. Uh, I also know like the end of his tenure was legitimately really bad, but like, are we also going to sit here and pretend he didn't have some awesome teams? Oh, he has some great teams. So like, that's, that's kind of my thing. It's like if you're if you're a coach who actually has great teams at a program that doesn't have a lot of great teams in like a 20-year span, why are we moving on from that guy so fast? Like it's the Thad Mata Ohio State thing, right? Well, you know, the thing about the old days is the old days. Yeah, but like I just I don't know. You, you know I do this with Michigan State football. Like, if you got a coach who's done it, don't rush to move on from the coach who's done it, even if he's not currently doing it. Like, let the competent guy figure it out. And I'm not saying Tom Crean's the most competent guy on earth. Clearly, he hasn't had success. Like, when he went to Georgia, that was horrible. But, like, the guy gave us the best Indiana season since I've been alive. So, but the, Did he have, like, some consecutive, like, bad seasons? There's talent on those teams, which is why he got fired. I get it. But, like, he he was bringing in the talent. I think in the NIL era at Indiana, Tom Crean would be fine. Especially, like, sorry, but Tom Crean was struggling when Izzo and Beeline were, like, cooking. Like, and you had Painter. And you had other good coaches in this conference. Now, all every good coach in this conference except for Painter and Underwood is shit to bed right now. You telling me Tom Green with talent at Indiana in this era wouldn't be successful? Like, no, um, because he loses with talent. I I think it would be a lot easier to do it now than it was eight years ago. Give me Tom Green. Give me Tom Green in Ann Arbor tomorrow. I, I'll take him. I really will take him. Malik Perry says you talked about MSU's future roster and how bad it could be, but what about the other teams in the best or in the Big Ten? We don't. Look too bad if we get a good five or a four. Purdue, Illinois, and Northwestern are losing a lot next year. You want to take a quick look at Purdue, Illinois, and Northwestern's rosters for next year? I mean, Purdue's roster is still going to be good next year. Um, Illinois' roster I still think is going to be good next season. Uh, I think Merez Johnson is going to be one of the best freshmen in the Big Ten. Could win Big Ten freshman of the year very well. Um, and what was the other team, Northwestern? Yeah. Northwestern is going to fall off a cliff next season. Brooks Barnheiser show? He's not going to have Barry with him, I don't think. No COVID year Barry? No, I, I think, honestly, if Ty Barry's smart, he's going to get in a bit. Like, if Nick Timberlake is getting a Kansas bag, you're telling me Ty Barry can't get a Kansas bag? I don't know. I don't know. It'll be him and Terrence Williams fighting for a bag. Uh, sports cooks. Listen to us right now. Sports cook. Um, I think, yeah, Purdue's going to be nasty because Braden Smith and Fletcher lawyer are back for two more seasons. Like it doesn't don't really matter. And Trey Kaufman runs good. He's not Monty Sissoko. So there you go. That's a good team. They got a sick recruiting class coming in. Uh, Illinois. I think there's a louder argument for of like what's going on. Um, but you still got Ty. You still got uh goody. You still got, Dane. You're you're too DGL. Yeah, like there's gonna be talent and Brad'll figure it out. And more importantly, Brad's gonna portal in legitimate players. Um Northwestern's bad, but also Malik, like it's Northwestern. So like <laughs> like we really do it like they're gonna go back to where they should be. They lose a lot, like ah, they're Northwestern. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
They're not 4-1 against a lot of teams in this conference right now. Uh, anyways, another one from Malik. He said, if Sissoko and Ty Rogers are at a playground by themselves, who's shooting a three first? Probably Ty. I think Monty will get stuck on the slide. Yeah, I'm going to say Ty as well. Also, credit to me because the original comment read word for word, quote, if Sissoko and Ty Rogers is at a playground by their shelf, who's shooting a three? <laughs> it's a great comment, Malik. Uh, final comment from Malik today at 6.04 in the morning. He says, Cookie Monster, you need help? I got you if you want. Would love help. Let's do a cookie check-in, Cart. Uh, we had the sleepers bet. Last week on the national championship, uh, if Michigan won, you had to eat a cookie for every J.J. McCarthy yard. Michigan did win the game. 140 of them, thanks. Uh, I will just say that is low on where I thought the scale would go here. It could have been 200-plus. J.J. struggled in this game mightily, in my opinion, and they ran the ball a ton. Kind of worked out in your favor. The game script was good. With that said, 104. 40 cookies is still 140 cookies. Uh, where's your head at on this Carter Elliott cookie challenge? I'm pissed. I'm pissed. I don't want to eat 140 cookies. It's the last thing I want to do. I don't know if I'll be able to do it. Um, I have 24 hours, though, right? So, like, can I just eat cookies throughout the day? Yeah, that's exactly how this is going to go. Yeah. I, th I thought it had to be, like, stream, though. So, what, what you need to do is every time you're eating the cookies – I either need a stream or a video of you eating the cookies. Okay. But you can you can come in and out. You can be like, I'm sitting down to eat my 20 right now. I'm eating my 10. And then you you just – it wraps with I'm at 10, and there's video evidence of you eating all 10, and then I'll okay. be back in like two hours for 10 more. Got it. All right. So, yeah, I'm probably going to buy the cookies tonight. Uh, also, game plan, like my 24 hours tomorrow, like what that looks like. Because I feel like I got to be strategic about this. Because if I don't eat the cookies, don't I have to wear Michigan a year? Yeah, so if you don't complete 140 cookies in a 24-hour span, for however many cookies are left over, you have to wear a Michigan shirt that day for that many days. I wonder how many cookies are in a Chips Ahoy package. Let's, let's Google this. Let's give this a nice little Google. Just, just, just for shits and giggles. But I got to be strategic about it. Have to be. Yeah, you have different like flavors of cookies you could go for. Okay, so there are 48 cookies in a Chips Ahoy package. So you're gonna need four containers. That is so many. No, three. Only three. That's so many effing cookies. No, I don't. If it's 40, wait, 48? Yeah. So if you if you get three Chips Ahoy cookie containers, that's 144 cookies. You have to eat 140. There's four left over. That's actually not that bad. I don't think you realize how many cookies that is. No, that's I thought this is going to be like six containers worth. Three containers is very easy to do. This in a day? In a day? Do a whole container at breakfast, a whole container at lunch, a whole container at dinner. Boom, you're done. The, oh, easy. Done. It's extremely easy. They're small cookies. Oh, They're small, good cookies. I just got to make sure I get the red package. You should I'm be not gonna on be J.J. McCarthy's head making fun of him for this, by the way. Like, he he had a chance to have you in hell, and he let you off the hook. Yeah, he did. I mean, I don't know. I, I was a little bit scared that he was going to go off once the sports psychologist started talking to him before that last drive, but that didn't do anything. Oh. All right. Uh, okay. So – any final thoughts? Like you're, you will, you agree to these terms. There will be video of this, and it's tomorrow. That's when it's happening. Yep. Are you doing just original cookies, just the blue box, all three of them? No, I'm going all red, all chewy. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think that's bad for your insides. No offense. I hate, I hate the blue ones. But like, you gotta have a little like diversification. I think Chewy's gonna chew you up. No pun intended. No, they're smaller too. I don't know. I think that that's going to have some digestive concerns, I think. I'm going to have them either way. I'm just looking out for you. Thank you. Okay. All right. Uh, do you want to go double or nothing on anything today? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. No, absolutely not. Any comment on 4-0 oh 
for me against you and sleepers bets. Is it four and oh? Can we like review the tape? Like you say it's four and oh, but I feel like if I had the the wherewithal to like actually go back and look at our sleepers bets, I would have one one. Yeah, I'm open to that, but it, do you have any examples? Not readily available, no. Yeah, so then I'm gonna go with four and oh. All right. <laughs> no comment. Okay. <laughs> Get to the show. Uh, Michigan football wins a national championship. 34-13 is the final score. What's your thoughts on the game in general before we get to this? Was this a good football game? N- not really, to be honest with you. Um, I guess you could say it's good for the fact that it actually was closer competitive because I guess early on I thought Michigan was just going to, you know, I thought Corum and Edwards are each going to have 500 yards rushing each and they're going to score 50 points and – it was going to be over before halftime. So I think the only thing that I could say was good, in my opinion, was that well, a couple things. One, that the game was close. And two, even though the game wasn't as, was, wasn't as exciting as people maybe wanted or stinks, there still was some good defense being played. And I do appreciate good defense. And the good defense by both sides of the ball outside of, you know, I think Washington did a good job of actually bouncing back and adjusting and, adjusting to the fact that they were so run heavy. Um, and then Michigan's defense was just Michigan's defense. They were, they were special that whole game. Um, so, I mean, it was okay. It wasn't a cla- it wasn't like an instant classic or anything like that. Um, I would say the, would you say the semifinals were better than the finals? From an entertainment value? Yeah. Um, Probably. Yeah. The hard part with this is like, I don't know. I have some some broader takeaways that probably get tied in when I try to answer the question of is this a good game or not. But I think like Michigan's very clearly a great football team. Washington's very clearly a great quarterback, great offense. And I think the Washington defense played well, but they're not a great football team. Like I they're they're a very good football team. They might be the second best football team in the country. Probably not because Georgia is out there still. And the reality of it is this happens a lot in the college football playoff era where like you get to the title game and there's one great football team and there's one team that's not a great football team that got there. And you give them credit for getting there. It usually ends up in a not super competitive game. This game was actually competitive, though. Like, the the score doesn't show it, but the game was competitive. Like, Washington had hella chances to win this football game. Like, tons of chances to win this football game. They had zero answers because Penix, like, the, their their one trick did not work in this game. So, yeah, he was off. And that was kind of the thing, right? It was like, it's the number one offense versus the number one defense. What's going to happen? I, I, my takeaway is like the Michigan defense is way better than we even realized. Like, and I know Pe- Penix did miss guys for sure. I thought it was more forced than it was unforced though. Like that man, he's just a genius to the point of avoiding pressure. I think he got sacked in this game once, but like he kept having to get the ball out quicker than he wanted to. Um, I thought Michigan secondary held up really, really well in coverage. Like, other than probably two, maybe three breakdowns total on the game. One of them called back by the holding that was questionable. One of them, Penix and Adunzi ran the wrong route or uh, just, you know, the the miscommunication there. Some people say it's on the receivers some people say it's on Penix. And then they got one sprung deep. Like, I, I thought that was going to happen 10 times this game. It happened three times. So, like, to me, that's the least I've seen that happen for Washington this year. And – Look, I don't think there are great defenses in the Pac-12, clearly, but I thought Michigan was the only defense I've seen be effective against them, and it, I, I didn't expect that. We talked about how, like, their secondary is good, but are they ready for this receiver room? To me, like, hell yeah, they were ready for this receiver room. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely ready. So I think, to me, yes, it was good Michigan defense, but at the same time, like, Penix was missing throws that he hasn't missed all season. Like, they, that that's just the fact of the matter. And, look, some of that was because of the pressure they were getting. Uh, what's that dude's name? Uh, Mason Graham is nice as hell. That defensive line – I mean, the defense in general is nice. So – but at the same time, like, I've watched a lot of Washington football games this year. You know, obviously, Pac-12 after dark, you get to the end of a, a Saturday or a Saturday game slate – that's something I'm throwing on. And I'm probably texting you saying, 
are we, you know, how are we feeling about this, you know, or, or Washington's Tyler, Arizona State, do we, you know, do we, do we live bet them? Uh, that's a lot of conversation. I just never seen him this season miss throws like that. I seen him, I seen him maybe be a little bit off and maybe the defense just not being able to stop anybody. He's just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But I just haven't seen him that, that, un- like he looked uncomfortable the whole game from the start. He just yeah. was never in a rhythm whatsoever. Um, and it, it, you know, it threw a lot of things off. And unfortunately, because his rhythm was off, you just point to like a lot of missed opportunities. And it wasn't just Penix, to be honest with you. Michigan or Washington's defense gave Washington's offense a chance to yeah. like to make like they were down seven for it felt like the whole third quarter. And um, you know, for a, a good part of the fourth quarter and they just they they couldn't couldn't seize the reins they they had penalties they had drops they had missed throws they just you know i don't know moment too big defense too good a little combination of both yeah i think that's the correct read the only pushback i would give you in general i agree with everything you said um the pushback would be i think we have seen him do this this year uh spe- specifically oregon state he had 162 yards 13 for 28 passing they win that game by two. Uh, Washington State, he goes eight. It was rain. It was it was a downpour that game though. Washington State, he goes eighteen for thirty three, two touchdowns and an interception. They win that game by three. Washington State's a bad football team. So like, I, he he's great. I he would have been my vote for the Heisman. He was fantastic most of the season. There were signs of this. We talked about it in the for like Washington played games that came down to the last drive against teams that were objectively bad football teams. And um, look, I think the way the team is built, their only path to winning this game was Panic's legacy game, right? Is that fair to say? Like yeah. the way the way that team is built, it's like if Penix is great, we have a chance against anybody. Penix wasn't great. And it, whether that was a mix of Michigan's defense and Penix just not showing up or whether it was one or the other more than the other, I don't know. But uh, I tweeted it out, man, like he needed to be Kemba Walker in this game. And he was Braden Smith against FDU. That's how I felt like he was he was erratic. He was doing shit he normally doesn't do. And the moment that was happening early in the game was like, yeah, this is cooked. They have no other answers. And the, and the thing is, like you point to those games in the regular season uh, and he did have those. And I'll, get, I'll, I'll give you those. Those are good points. But I will say this, like when it was big moment time, like Penix was making throws. Like yeah. that last drive against Washington State, he was making the throws. They were uh, the game against Oregon that the the first game against Oregon, he was making plays. The college football title game, uh, or sorry, not the college football, the Pac-12 title game, making plays. Uh, Texas making every throw, um, and he just didn't in this game. Yeah, and that that's where I think it, it becomes more of a credit to Michigan's defense because. They really, they like, it was kind of like bend, but don't break, but they never even really bent. Like they gave up the field goal on the first drive. Um, one touchdown this game. I don't know. Outside of that, I thought it was just like a masterpiece performance from a defense that I think we always knew was great. But I, to me, like now that we're through this little three-year era of Michigan football, potentially through the Jim Harbaugh era, um, I think we're going to look back and remember this defense is like really, really insanely special in a way I didn't anticipate even coming into this game. Like they have less star power. They have less big names than the previous two versions did. Like there's just, there is no Aiden Hutchinson on this team. Even like the, the teams a couple of years ago that had like Devin Bush, like those dudes were like, dude, dudes. Samer still is definitely that. I think Will Johnson was stellar in this game, but there, to me, there's not like one dude who you're gonna point to and be like, "That was that defense." Like, no, this defense was just eleven dudes who, a lot of them are gonna end up in the NFL and just a complete defense. Like, they they don't really give you anything, and um, for them to make the best offense in the country look the way they did, that uh, was impressive. Dylan Johnson being banged up was part of that, I think too. Um, want to give credit to him for even playing in this game. That's they insane. Shot, they shot him up with some substances. Some substances I don't even want to know about. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, Michigan offense side, I think everyone knew they were going to be able to run the ball in this game. I said uh, the the biggest key coming into this game was Sharon Moore versus himself. Is he going to get too cute? 
Is he going to go away from what works? I thought in the second quarter he did go away from what works, and then after that, Washington was really loading the box. Like, you know, Mich- Michigan, for a team that ran for 303 yards <laughs> on 38 carries, almost 10 yards a carry cart, they really had a whole stretch of this game where they were ineffective running the football, and it still totaled 300 yards. Uh, Blake Corum gets the legacy game in the end, 134 yards, two touchdowns. He got the two basically game ceiling touchdowns to put it out of reach. Donovan Edwards gave him the first two touchdowns. Good to see him for the first time all season. Only six carries for 104 yards and two touchdowns from Donovan Edwards in this game. Uh, I know that hurt you personally watching Donovan Edwards break through on touch for 50 yard runs twice. Yeah. I mean, just tackle. Donovan Edwards does not, is not that good anymore. Like he doesn't have the burst. He doesn't have the shit that he used to have. He had a little burst in this game, but yeah, it was it was untouched. Yeah, right. Like a synagogue was chasing him, but uh, yeah, I don't get I don't get how he, yeah I was I was very surprised, especially that first one. I was just like, it, you had him. He was right there, and all of a sudden, like a a massive hole just opens up, and then the second one, another massive hole, just like could drive a, a goddamn Brinks truck through it. The first one, my guy didn't even hit the hole. The first one, my guy ran into his he line. Made it t- he made it tough. He's like, I'm going to run into my guard in my center and then go through the hole. Insane. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he he was crushing. Um, J.J. McCarthy, like we said, we have the cookie bet going on. You're eating 140 cookies for this. Uh, in the end, it's a very quiet J.J. McCarthy line, 10 for 18 of the game, 140 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions is a key number. Uh, I don't want to over give him credit on that. I'm not trying to, like, paint this like it was a good game. But I think uh, in order for Washington to win this game, highly likely they would have needed to force some J.J. mistakes, even in the limited times that they tried to use J.J.'s arm. He didn't have any mistakes in this game. Uh, 31 yards on the ground, too. He had two big runs when Michigan's offense couldn't really get anything going to flip the field in the second half. Uh, Your evaluation of your favorite quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, what did you see from him in this game? I mean, he didn't turn the ball over. So that's really what matters. And that that's really all that matters. Like he didn't turn the ball over. Did you say he managed the game? Yeah. But like that's all they need him to do. That's mm-hmm. the the I think the the discussion gets lost with me with JJ McCarthy is that I I'm just on two different wavelengths. Like people tell me like this guy's gonna be dynamic and great in the NFL. I think he's gonna get a GM fired in the NFL if you draft him at a certain point. Like he's just like I I don't I don't see that that a bit like I get the you know the elusiveness the ability to get out of the pocket and throw the ball but I just I just don't see it with him like is JJ McCarthy a, a NFL starting quarterback that like on a good team it all depends on where he ends up to me um he's not a guy you like draft and build around no he's a guy you need to plug into a, an organization that's ready to win around him already like is he better than Brock Purdy I think he could be a winning starting quarterback in San Francisco. I don't know that he's better than Brock, but I think he could win there. I think a lot of quarterbacks could win there, though. Yeah, true. Yeah, but, like I, but, but drop but, him on like like who's gonna have the first pick? The Patriots? I don't even know who it is. Is it the Bears again? Uh, the Bears actually. Okay, well, drop him in Chicago instead of Justin Fields. He's not winning there. Yeah, gotcha. But yeah, I mean, the the main stat is that he didn't didn't turn the ball over. That's all they needed. Like, don't turn the ball over, hand it off, and let your defense cook. Okay. Yeah, I was frustrated with J.J. just uh, when when they were throwing eight guys in the box and it felt like Michigan's passing game couldn't make them pay. I was pretty frustrated because it's like this is kind of the moment people have been pointing to all season. Like, they're going to make J.J. beat him. Like, he's supposed to be good enough to beat him. And I felt like like Washington's secondary played well in this game, but – um, I was surprised Michigan couldn't get anything going through the air for the most part. Now they didn't really need to, because when you run for 10 yards to carry on 38 attempts, like just keep doing that. And I give Sharon credit for sticking to that. But uh, when they did have to go to like, let's keep them honest, like they're loading the box. We got to win one-on-ones. Michigan couldn't really do that. And I, I, it comes back. Like, I don't know. I still think this receiver room stinks. Um, I know Colston Loveland's going to be an NFL guy. Roman Wilson had a great year. Give him a bunch of credit. Uh, like Cornelius Johnson dropped the ball and didn't go out of bounds in the two minute drill. Like that guy stinks. And he's been their second best receiver all season long. Samaj Morgan is baffling. Maybe he'll be good down the line, but like, 
this receiver room stinks. So I, I think it's great Michigan won a national title with this receiver room. But I think it's really hard, as equally hard as it is to say, like, well, their run game's so good, they don't need J.J. It's also hard for me to envision, like, what was a passing offense supposed to look like with this receiver room? Like, <laughs> Yeah, but, like, it's, it's, a, it's a mix of both to me. Like, yeah. Cornelius Johnson has, like, drops. Roman Wilson is Roman Wilson. But then, like, there's throws by J.J. It's like, where the, like, where's that going? For sure. For so, sure. I just, make- it's, it's one of those ones. I think it's going to be really hard to make a true evaluation or say anything concrete until we see it. Like I, I won't be surprised if JJ is an all-time bust. I won't be surprised if he's a winning starting quarterback. I, I don't know. Depends on the situation. I don't feel like I've seen enough based on how he was used at Michigan to make an evaluation on that. It's closer to Zach Wilson with the call map than he is to the second coming of Patrick of white Patrick Mahomes that people told me he was. I I don't, I think the, the largest gripe I have with this is I think it gets made out to be like, people are still saying that shit. And I don't think anybody has in a long time. I I mean, I, Oh, the five star. This is why we got rid of, this is why we got rid of Cade McNamara. But like, it is like, are we, are we really doing that? McNamara not doing the same thing JJ McCarthy did last night. I think they lose somewhere along the way. If Cade's the quarterback. I don't. Here, I do. I do. I don't. I don't think they beat Alabama if Cade's a quarterback down seven with a minute left. I don't think they beat Alabama. No. And I know you're going to say like any quarterback could have made that drive. I don't know. I don't know. I think you're like, look, there's leadership shit and intangible shit that JJ's legitimately really good at, and we can poke fun at like the call map stuff. We can, but like down down seven with Alabama in the Rose Bowl is a big fucking moment, and like. Yeah. He was calm in that moment. I don't know that a lot of guys would be calm in that moment. I mean, I don't know that Mike to be to be point Blake Hart. I don't know that Michael Penix would be calm in that moment. Right. I mean, we we saw Gardner Minshew not be able to throw a a five yard out route to a running back, and that was wide open. And JJ McCarthy was able to do that, and then he was able to throw a tip ball to Roman Wilson that was snagged out of the air on an amazing catch, and then handed off the quorum for a, a legacy drive. It just sounds really sour to sit here after they won a national title and have that be the stance from you. I'm just. What, they're a really good team. I said it. I know, but like, just. Is it what, like you want me to give JJ? Like, what do you no, want No, I don't. I don't. I just think like, it's like now that they've won it, taking the cheap shots of what you just took, just seem a little I like. Mean, you said it was. Go, a, dog. You said let it, it go. Le- you said it was a legacy drive, and I'm just like it was a legacy it, drive. They, down. Hart, they won a national championship. They were down seven against Bama with a minute left. Like, yeah. what do you want to do? They won the games. I, like, they did. They I did. just, I like being sour about it now at the point that they actually won it all. It's like, what are we doing? Like, I'm, I'm stating facts of what happened. Okay, I mean. It's just kind of crazy, man. Like all your stuff has led up to a point. Like at a certain point, he's not going to do it. At a certain point, he's not going to do it. And he just did it. I will admit that's. I will admit I was wrong. I was. I did not think that JJ could go along all year just managing the game and win a national championship. I was wrong about that, and he did that. Okay. All right. Um, Harbaugh legacy. What is it? Weirdo, but a winner. Is this it for him? I think no. Did you hear his comment to ESPN? About the like the spring game thing? Yep. Yeah, I don't think that means much, though. But I do think he's going to be there. So I, I don't either. Um, like, I, I also don't think it means much. But at the same time, it was odd. Because he was asked that question like seven times by different people after the game. And the other six times he got asked about it, he, like, did the full-on ducking of it of, like, I just want to get home. I just want to get home. It's my future. I hope to have a future, blah, blah, blah. Like, he ducked it as if he he's probably gone. So to be so pointed in one of the seven times he got asked that and say, like, yeah, we're moving this. Sp- like, it was just – it's it's back to your point. It's weird. Like, it's weird that he didn't say that every seven times he got asked. But yeah. it, it it feels like something that he said that to me. Like, yeah. I mean, I would if I'm like putting a percentage chance on it, I would say he's like seventy percent chance back. See, that seems 
coming into this game, I think we both would have said that's super high. I would have said like 90% gone coming into this he sh- game. He should leave. Do you think he's going to have the opportunity to leave, or is that why you're saying 70% back? Like nobody's going to offer No, I think that he's going to get offers. I think he should leave. Okay. Okay. Like, why, like go out on top. Go out with your natty. You went, you know, you and Jay, you and your – your prodigal prodigal son JJ won it all. Best quarterback ever, Michigan. Like you did it. Like you and Blake Corum did it. You did everything. You went twenty five and one over the past two years. Won a national championship. Just go out on top. The college football playoff is expanding to twelve teams next year. There's gonna be more teams in the Big Ten. Like just just get out now. And go get your bag in the NFL. Yeah, I the, all the reasons are there. Like you said. Um... I don't know. I, I I came in saying he's 100% gone. He's gone. I said, like, no matter what, he's gone. It's clear that he's gone. I have a weird conspiracy theory card. I have a weird one. Uh, I, think, I think Jim is so weird. I think he was gone coming into this game. And I think there's a chance he got a taste of success. And I think he loved the success. Like my back type thing? I think Jim I think Jim loves winning. And I think Jim is now now that he has won is evaluating oh shit, I could probably keep winning here versus go start something new again. And I I think he's a competitive MFer that knows the landscape of college football now, knows if it's him and Ryan Day locked in a room, he knows what happens knows that he's going to make the playoff for the foreseeable future now. You don't need to be flawless to make the playoff every year. And I think he likes his chances. So I I still think there's a really good chance he's gone. But I just – I'm telling you, sometimes you see like a twinkle in somebody's eye. I saw that twinkle in the post game from him of like, oh. Like he he said, like, I get to be at the table with with my brother and my dad now. They're both champions. It's like, now I'm at the t- – like. I think dude might come back strictly because he got the taste of it and he can see more of it coming. Crazy. They had a grown ass man at the kid's table. Yeah. Kind of crazy. You're probably going to hate this, but uh, I do want to do this. I think looking back the whole Harbaugh, like he was almost fired. Let's not forget that. He was literally almost fired. Michigan fans wanted him fired. It was a very serious conversation for a while. It seemed like, they were not going to bring him back. That was a thing. As little as three years ago. The year that he did come back, he took a pay cut. Pretty pivotal moment in Michigan football history now that that happened. Um, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for that, truly. Like, there's a lot of ego in this shit. And obviously, the scandal has happened. And that's going to be a story here forever. But... I don't think Michigan fans care. Like the the coach that they themselves wanted out took a pay cut to stay, then pushed Ryan Day's face in the dirt, said he was born on third base before they even beat them once, got his quarterback in, ran his other quarterback out. His quarterback literally has a tweet before Michigan ever beat Ohio State that said Michigan fans just stay calm, give us time. And then he prattled off a 25 and one record. Like I feel like Jim and this team in general, like had the prophecy. And uh, I think Jim would have left had he not taken a pay cut. And I think looking back, that's a pivotal moment in Michigan sports history. No comment, but I see your point. Can my Izzo Harbaugh comparisons come full circle now? Can we admit that's a great comparison? I, I, can you like give me a summary of that? I might have missed that. I think both are relatively shitty people for relatively equal reasons. Um, both are elite coaches in every sense. And now they both have a title. Yeah, I can see that comparison. Okay. That's, that's my read. <laughs> I've been saying for years, just the, the pushback to me was always, yeah, but Jim doesn't have the win. Like now he does. So now, now I think I can do it. Yeah. I, and most certainly there'll be no Michigan fans that will ever, ever, as long as I live on this earth, as I am 30 right now, I will hear about this, this title when I'm 80. 
I'm sorry. Do you want to vent about it? Yeah, <laughs> is what it is. Okay. Uh, Michigan plays Georgia tomorrow. What happens? Uh, Georgia probably wins by 10. Okay. I think that's on the safe side. Okay. What would you have it at? I'd have Georgia minus 13 and a half. With that said, uh, don't do that would be what I encourage. I know you were part of your victory lap or not your victory lap. Your, uh, your emotional lashing out on Twitter last night was Georgia didn't play. I mean, the best team in college football didn't win it this year. Looks a little cringe. Best team in college basketball never wins it. And uh, that does, has nothing to do with winning a national championship. It doesn't, but it's still a thing. It looks really cringe. Like it's just, I'm telling you as a friend, like if that's the angle you're trying to play that, you think makes you look good is it's tough. It's a tough one. It's a fact, fact, fact. It's a tough one. It's a very tough one. Uh, a, it's a, I'm just like, again, I'm looking out. For I, I, I hear you. I hear really you. I hear you. I hear you, but like, facts are facts. You have a lot of good looks when you decide to get in the mud. And then sometimes you have some bad ones. And I think this was a really, really weak one. I need the NCAA to do their thing. That's a good angle. You should be playing that angle. Not the, not that the, the good team didn't even play. That's what, 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 who do you think is the best team in college football this year? Georgia. I don't think that matters. That has and nothing. That, to then, do then saying that Georgia didn't win, then saying that that the has nothing to do with that has nothing to do with the legit legitimacy of a title. Like, I it, if a team wins a national championship in any sport and you come in and be like, well, that team didn't. It's just. It I mean, I said so it last bad. year. I said it last year with college basketball. UConn. I don't think UConn was the best team in college basketball. Right, and that doesn't take anything away from UConn's title. So why it are doesn't, you doing it? It doesn't. It doesn't at all. I can still say it though. It, then it looks lame. It's a bad. It's bad for your brand. It's bad for our brand. Is what I'm trying to tell you, my. I, I disagree. I disagree. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, college football blue bloods. I wanted to quickly ask you this: Who are the blue bloods in college football? Um, so I think like Bama, Bama, Georgia, Bama, Georgia are the ones that come to mind immediately. This is so tough. Cause like, to me, like we've been watching college football for a long time. Like Florida has been bad these past couple seasons, but like, I consider Florida like a blue blood school, um, like football wise, Ohio state. Michigan, probably like I put like the USC's in that category as well. Oregon, like though, like the the name the name brand teams. I mean, you're missing one name now. Who who did I miss? <laughs> national champs, huh? The national champions. I I said them. Oh, you did. Yeah, I did. Oh, I'm, I must have missed them. Sorry. Um. They, I mean, they've been playing football longer than anybody. They yeah. got to be a blue blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I was going to come in with a take that it should actually be the Red Bloods in college football, and it would be uh, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, USC. Just red. I, I like that. It feels like like that's you got the blue bloods in college. You got the red bloods in football. The problem is that Michigan's not red. Notre Dame's not red. And I think those two got to be. Can we make Texas's orange red? Yeah. I don't think Texas belongs, but I think I think those four plus Michigan Notre Dame is where I would be at. Yeah, I think I would go. I think like the the Bama, Georgia, USC are non negotiable. Yeah, and Ohio State too is non negotiable. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um. Then outside of, I mean, could you make an argument for Clemson? New blood. New blood. <laughs> yeah, they're new blood. They're new. They're blood. UConn. Yes, they are UConn. Okay. Honestly, not a bad comp. Dabo and Danny. I, I see some stuff there. That's not bad. Very, sim very similar. That's not bad. All right. For the sake of time, we're going to move on. Uh, I have one more topic. This is college basketball oriented. Yay. But for big win for those that say stick to college basketball at home. They're loving this right now. Uh, so Illinois, Ty Rogers stuff. This was the big deal of the Purdue game. I wanted to have a longer conversation about it at some point. And um, – Purdue just stuck Zach Eady on him. They did it from the game, the, the moment the game tipped. We thought they would do it at some point. We didn't know if Painter would come out and do it right away. They did it right away. It was obvious it worked. They had no answers. 
Zach Eady is one of one. He's the best center in the country. He's bigger than any player in college basketball. He can move at that side. Like he just, there's nobody else who can do that, right? With that said, all Zach Eady did was stand in the paint in this game against Ty. It wasn't even like he did anything to shut Ty down. It was just, hey, our center's going to stand in the paint and Ty's going to be completely ineffective. Mm -hmm. I hypothesize that I think other teams could probably do that. Um, I don't think it it had much to do with it being Zach Eady that limited Ty Rogers in this matchup where they put a center on them. We've seen matchups stop players in the past. Like I I mentioned it, Nick Stauskas was unstoppable one year, Big Ten Player of the Year. And there was a game against Indiana where Tom Crean put Yogi Ferrell on him, had him pick him up full court, just the smallest, quickest guy getting his shit. Nick was really uncomfortable. The next two weeks, it was the whole, like, that's how you beat Stauskas. You just put your quickest guy on him, your little guy. Then Nick figured it out a week later, like, oh, I can just shoot over these dudes. And that shit was dead. So is Ty Rogers, is Brad Underwood going to have a counter for this? Or is this something that every single team in the Big Ten can replicate by just putting their center on Illinois' point guard? So simply put, I think it's very uh, rep replicable. Yeah, good. There we go. Very replicable. Um, and to me, I assume that most coaches definitely look at other teams' success and find out the way they can make their way, like make their team incorporate that same style. And, you know, just to put this in like Michigan State versus Illinois terms on Thursday, I'd be my first move would be put Mighty Sissoko on Ty Rogers. I, I think that should be if that if that's who's on the court, I think that's what you should do. Uh, and have Mahdi do the same thing that Zach and just stay in the paint because, you know, we saw what it looks like and we saw that at work. Now, the one positive or good thing for Illinois is that they have a counter for it. Like, they had the personnel to counter teams doing that against them. The unfortunate part about that is it comes at the expense of Ty. Um, so I'm not really sure how they navigate that. Um, also, to be the uh, devil's advocate of this, there's also a way that Ty could beat it as well, I think. You know, like, like Zach Eady was sagging extremely far. Like, there's – I'm not saying you could make a play around him, but maybe there's, like, a floater he could add to his game or something like a little free throw line push shot or just even a semi-semi-jump shot. I mean, we're looking forward to next season, but I truly believe, given Illinois' player development, given Brad, what they do over there at Illinois, that – Ty's going to come back next year with a, a semblance of a just an elbow jumper, just something to keep the defense honest. And I think that'll unlock his game a little bit. I'm not saying he's got to be a knockdown, but you got to at least be like, have a guy look at you when you catch the ball right now. No one even looks at you because you can't shoot the ball. So um, it's something I think is replicable, replicable. God, that word's beating my ass. And I think that I would be surprised if like teams like Michigan State don't try it or other teams in the Big Ten. But like I said, I think that Underwood can can combat that with other personality has. Okay. Can you say the word personnel? Personnel. Personnel. Person I, I don't really emphasize the now. I said personnel. You say personnel. Personnel. You say like per per person person mal, like my wife is mal. You say personnel. No, this is different. Like and then this is this this is personal. Don't, 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 like take, Mel don't take don't take this personal. Yeah, but now I'm talking about personnel. But like there's there's personality, and then there's personnel, and you you've always leaned into personnel. Well, I think it's personnel. I'm just I, you know just trying. We're doing that, All right, TJ. Uh, we're doing that. Um, uh, yeah. So. Okay, a lot of thoughts. I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I disagree with, uh, like, hey, he's going to get a jumper. He'll work on it, I'm sure. I don't ever like guys that have to add a jumper in their third year of college basketball. I don't – like, if you haven't added a jumper by now, what do we think? He's just never worked on shooting? Well, th this is the one thing. I think Ty was so focused on the point guard thing and improving those, like, Maybe those skills that he, maybe the jumper went by the way. I'm, I'm getting the benefit of the doubt. What was he focused on the first 19 years of his life? <laughs> like, I mean, he he was well, the thing is like when I saw Ty play in high school, his jumper wasn't that bad. That's the thing. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I would buy like maybe it's gotten worse just because he's unwilling to shoot it. But like, 
I don't know. He's all right from the line occasionally. Like, it's, it doesn't look like a completely broken jumper. You're right. He could attempt some shot. I just don't think it's ever going to be like, Ty's got a shot now. I don't think that's happening. I think he would have had it by now. Uh, the other thing I don't think is happening is I I don't think coaches in the Big Ten are going to be as willing to try this as they should be. I do strongly believe pretty much no matter who your center is, this works against Ty because I don't think Ty has the counters you talked about. Like, oh, does he have a little floater? No, he doesn't. Um, if you watch Ty Rogers to me, anytime I've seen him have success playing the quote-unquote booty ball style, he needs patience for this to work. Like, And it works. Against smaller defenders, it absolutely works. But Ty is not like a quick t- twitch blow by you guy. Like, it's not a, oh, I'm going to attack a closeout and finish quickly. It's like, give me 10 seconds and I will go through you if you're smaller than me. That hasn't been happening. Um, and it it can't happen. Like, he can't he can't spend 10 seconds backing down a 6'10 guy. He just can't do it. So I think teams should be doing this every game. I think it will work. Every game, I don't think any of the effectiveness really much at all had to do with Zach Eady. Zach Eady was great, and he's tougher than other guys. But, like, I I don't think it would happen. I think it would work with lesser centers. Uh, with that said, I don't think Tom Izzo is going to do this for a second. Like, we're really – we think Tom's creative enough to do that. I mean, it's not it's, – the thing is, it's not even creative, though. It's just a small wrinkle. I don't think Tom has that in his bag these days. No offense. I think he's a great coach, but I think Tom's like, oh, yeah, that's their point guard. We're going to guard him with my point guard. I can definitely see that. Roll your sleeves up. Screw metrics. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, and, and I don't, honestly, it's not just Tom. I don't think there's a lot of coaches in this league who are willing to do what Matt Painter did. So, um, pride is a pride is an MF or. It is an MF or. But if teams do set it aside, I think it's going to work. That's my thoughts. Let's go to one big thing presented by Big B. What do you got today? Uh, my one big thing is that you shouldn't be icing your sidewalks or your driveway. You need to put salt on your driveway and your walkways and pet safe salt to combat the ice. So I'm sorry that everyone took anyone who really, really took my statement yesterday to heart. Do not ice your driveways and walkways. Use pet safe salt to combat the ice and make it go away. Mm, that's a good one. It's a very good one. Um, hmm. Okay, here's mine. This feels dangerous to even say out loud, and I'm a little scared. But I want to speak to my own personal thoughts and feelings as Michigan won the national title last night. I don't claim Michigan football as a team. I was rooting for them to see Pops happy. Uh, I, I don't claim them as a team. Didn't know how I would feel. If they won the title, they won the title. I am happy for pops. I was happy in the moment. I feel very unsatisfied now, now like 12 hours later. And I, it's unsettling to me how unsatisfied I am. And I don't know. I like, I think it's because I don't view that as my team. And now I'm like, well, kind of my team won a title, but they're not my team. And now I'm sitting here like, damn. I I thought like I I literally have kept a notepad my whole life cart of like teams that I would like to see win a title and their failures in the big moments. There's been countless of them, countless. Like Michigan State football in the playoff, Michigan basketball every time they get to the title, Michigan State in the Final Fours, Michigan football in the Final Fours, the Lions in the playoffs, the Tigers in the playoffs. Everything in my life has gone south. And now a team that, like, on the peripheral is a team I was rooting for did get it done. And I'm not, like, ready to run through a wall. And it feels weird. And now I'm starting to think, like, do I even like sports like that? Like, I, I thought this would be an immeasurable success, and it's not in my heart. Well, that's because you're not a Michigan football fan. Yeah, but, like, am I a fan of anything anymore? I think when we get one of your teams to actually win a title, we can we got to revisit this. If, this if, if you get this same feeling when the Lions win or Michigan basketball wins or, you know, a, a Michigan State football wins, then maybe we address it. But you, I don't I don't think you should feel anything really or any level of satisfaction outside of Pops being happy. By the way, was Dave like ecstatic? He's real happy. 
him, and, he, Connie, I, I, him and Connie were real happy. Yeah, they were they were real happy. Were there tears? Uh, no tears. No, no tears. tears. No, I think they. Uh, I don't know for lack of. I think, I think they thought they should win this game. If oh. this if this had been Alabama in the title, maybe tears. But okay. in this in this one, no tears. A lot of excitement though. Some yells, some claps. Yeah, it was. I was happy to be them with the with them in the moment. I was happy for them. Like I said, I was rooting for them. I just, I woke up being like, damn, I am, I am the problem here. Like I, I should be happy right now, and I'm not. I will say this, not to put you in a deeper, deeper mental pretzel, but if you were a Michigan football fan, last night would have been an all time moment for you, like you and pops winning a title. Right. Right, maybe and I, that, I maybe that's where the unsatisfied is. Who needs the call map? I'm JJ McCarthy. Right, like sickeningly, I feel like I lost, like I I missed out on that moment because I am an idiot. Like why why am I wired the way that I am? Why am I not happy in this moment? You know, and will I ever be happy anyway? Like you're telling me if if Mel Tucker did win a title, I'm happy. I hate Mel Tucker. Well, but I think if Michigan State football won a title, you'd be happy. I think so, too. But, like, I just – I don't know. I'm in a weird spot right now, man. I'm in a weird spot. At least you don't hate our coach anymore. That's a huge step. It's a big win. The flip side of this is uh, while I was having these existential thoughts, I also had this thought. If Michigan football can do it, couldn't any of our teams do it? What if? What if this was the turning point? What if this is a sign of things to come? Like the Detroit Lions host a playoff game this week that they should win, that they're favored in. And like I, like my whole life has been my teams will never actually do it. And then one just kind of did it. And like now I'm starting to think like others could do it. If the Lions can do it, then we're going to have a moment. I just have a lot of thoughts. All right, that's one big thing. That's the Sleepers podcast. Carter's going to eat 140 cookies tomorrow. Uh, follow at – are you going to do it from the Sleepers account or Carter's account, or what are you going to do? I'll do it from Sleepers account. Okay, follow at Sleepers Media to come along on Carter's 140 cookie journey tomorrow. We'll see that. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.